Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. Each week, we bring you the most interesting conversations from around the media industry. Today, we are joined by the Quartz Editor-in-Chief, Catherine Bell, to talk about its new and improved membership with newsletters at the very centre of it. Before we go any further, just a quick one from me to say I'm always keen to hear from our listeners. You can reach me on jacob at journalism.co.uk. Right, let's get into today's episode. Quartz is a relatively recent online business news publisher, as it launched only eight years ago. But in that short time, what they've seen is readers truly gravitate towards the email format, something creative, curated and concise, with the option to dive deeper if they so choose. In fact, newsletters are a huge source of membership conversions, and that's why last week, Quartz introduced four newsletters that members will be getting exclusively, two of which are brand new. Quartz has been doing a lot of work around reader insights in recent years with its obsession sections and essentials features. Two editorial products which seek to improve the reader experience by helping them stay in the loop on critical beats, as well as dive deeper into the story. Both of these ideas are also at the heart of how it writes a good newsletter, and today Catherine tells us more about how reader insights have shaped this new strategy and are constantly refining the newsletter product. All of that's coming up after this. Hey Job Hunters, there's more than 150 jobs and opportunities from around the media industry up on the journalism.co.uk jobs board. Our job of the week is a regional SEO content journalist role at NewsQuest. For that position and all the rest on our jobs board, visit www.journalism.co.uk forward slash jobs and good luck. Catherine, welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast. Can you give our listeners a snapshot of your working situation at the moment? Right now, I just dropped off one of my kids at camp, um, struggled to find a parking spot, and now I am at my dining room table and ready to go. Working from home still or back at the office? Working from home still. We are. We opened our office in the beginning of June with a vaccine mandate. We decided that that was important. And um, so we are kind of experimenting right now. We're allowing people to come in or not come in. It's totally up to them. So I've been going in one or two days a week. How are you finding remote work? Um, It very much depends on whether my children are in the apartment or not. (laughs) So... (laughs) As as someone with a four-year-old in the other room, I completely sympathise with you yes. there, um, Catherine. Lots going on at Quartz at the moment. Namely, you've launched a new membership with a greater focus on emails and newsletters. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you're working on there? Absolutely. So we are really excited about this. Uh, our membership program is about two and a half years old or so. And we've been talking to our members a lot watching what they're doing, paying really close attention to what's working and what might be able to work better. And so we ended up deciding to put email more at the center of the membership. And one of the reasons why, the biggest reason why, is that we found out that 75% of our members were primarily accessing their membership and accessing courts in general by email. So a lot of them use our daily email, which is free, the daily brief that goes out in the morning. They use that as sort of their their front door into everything that we're doing. So we decided that um, based on everything they had told us about what they like about courts, what they like about their membership, that the best way we could deliver that was through email. And so we're kind of pushing our email program further and, and we've created these four new emails just for members. Okay, so so what are the four new emails that members are now exclusively getting? 
Okay, so there are two completely new emails. One of those is the forecast that goes out on Mondays, and that's looking out at a new technology and emerging industry, an important consumer trend that people need to know about, or something that's happening in the economy that we that we think our readers need to understand. And we're really looking out at at what's changing and what we expect to happen. So in our first one, which we sent out last Monday, it was it was answering the question about whether the tech bubble will ever end. And so we even went to a prediction market and, and found out what a, a whole bunch of people were predicting about that. The second one, which is new, is our how-to email, which is on Fridays, which is very, very practical and which is answering loads of questions that will help people be more effective at their jobs and also in, in their other roles in life. So as consumers, as investors, as human beings. And then there are two that we had been sending out before, but we've changed them to be part of this package of emails. One is the company email, which goes out on Thursdays. And that is really about a company you need to, to understand that's either new or really important in the way that it's influencing other companies right now. And then the last one is our weekend brief, which is our Saturday edition of the daily brief, which is looking at the most important news story of the week and helping you understand it and helping you again see ahead to what's likely to come next. I'd love to just simply ask you, how on earth do you come up with these ideas? I mean, when you take something like the forecast, looking looking ahead at emerging technology, what specifically tells you, yes, our, our members would love to receive that? Well, looking ahead is, is really part of what, it, it's so fundamental to what Quartz does. I mean, there are really three ways that we are different than most other business publications. And the first is our mission. So we are not just about covering business, we're about making it better. We're truly international. So half of our audience is overseas and, and half of our reporters are, are outside the US as well. And the last thing is that we really don't just look at what's happening right now. We look ahead. We look sideways and ahead at anything we're looking at. So rather than just reporting on what's happening in the news or explaining what's happening with a trend in business, we look to see what it's connected to across industries, across geographies. And really importantly, we help our readers look ahead. So we ignore everything that's the status quo. And we're just looking at what's changing, what's new, what you need to understand. So really, when we were looking at this series of emails, we were trying to distill the most important things about courts down to their essence and get them to people where they needed them most and to do it in a way that was responding to all the things they said was special about courts. So one of those things is um, the, the combination of being really concise with the ability to dig really deep into a, a subject. Another thing is our tone, because we're really approachable and friendly and kind of play very, very serious subjects like climate change and, and the pandemic with a little bit of playfulness at the same time, which allows people to kind of, when they're this burned out by the news and by work and by everything in the world, to keep going and keep learning. And then the last thing was really curating other sources. So people always say that they love coming to us because they run into ideas they don't run into elsewhere. So we are looking at a really wide range of sources around the world and we're kind of spotting what's important, spotting the, the interesting expert voices, the interesting different ways of think, seeing things from elsewhere and, and combining those in. Why do emails matter so much to you? 
What is it about the format which you really think readers resonate with? Quartz has always been at the forefront of thinking about email as a really serious way of, of interacting with readers. When Quartz started about nine years ago, most emails that publishers were sending out were lists of links. And the whole goal was to get people to click on as many links as possible and go to the website. Quartz came in at the very beginning, right when the company launched with the Daily Brief, which felt different. And the whole point of the Daily Brief was to give you an experience where you could read the thing in the email and be done and learn you know, as much as you needed to learn out of it. And if you needed to go deeper and follow a link, great. So now everybody does emails that way. But Quartz was really, really early at thinking about that in a different way. And I, I think there are a few reasons, and it comes back to some of those same things that our readers have appreciated about Quartz way beyond email. And email is just a very good place to do it. So one thing is that it's it's kind of the right length. So when you write a good email, it convinces you to be concise, but it allows you to be really substantive at the same time, which is it, it encourages the right density and depth that people need. We and everybody else publish a ton of articles and it's hard to know which ones to read and it's hard to find them and it can feel really overwhelming. And so when it's when it's synthesized into an email and you, you know that you've chosen what's coming to you and it's going to come to you on a regular basis, you can relax a little bit and, and trust us to bring you what you most need to know. I mean, I've spent a lot of my career in magazines and I have to say the way we're thinking about this weekly email series feels a little bit like a very digital, very different version of why weekly magazines existed in the first place. Really, you know, being able to help you focus on what's really important and kind of rise above the day to day and and have that mix of really big ideas, news, something practical, and have it feel really curated just for you in a way that feels consistent, that you can rely on and really get a lot out of. These newsletters are a continuation from Quartz's work on what it calls its obsessions and essentials. Obsessions are sections of the website which looks at critical shifts in the global economy. For example, beyond Silicon Valley, fixing capitalism, how we spend, and so on. The idea is that readers do not miss a beat when it comes to these vital seismic topics. Essentials more recently came out as a feature coming at the user experience from the opposite side. This serves up deeper context on these tricky topics in a format that you can easily flick through. Think of it as a more controlled way to send a reader down a rabbit hole. But all of this is built around what Quartz internally calls nugs its writing format, which breaks up dense information carefully into manageable pieces. Back to Catherine to tell us more about how this works. The Essentials basically grew out of the way that we had begun to approach email, which was in this very modular way. We realized that if you created these small pieces of content that could be in lots of different formats. So it could be a list, it could be a chart and a short amount of words. It could be a mini essay. It could be a list of links. It could be so many different things. Um, and, and you created those out of the larger work that we're doing. So in a way, articles become 
the raw material for these. So you are selecting what's important and what needs to stay. So the idea of essentials is that we're really extracting the essential knowledge out of the news. So usually you read a news story, there's usually something in there that's valuable that will be valuable in a week or a month or a year even. And it just gets lost because as soon as the surrounding news is old, then it just disappears. So what we're doing is finding really reader-friendly ways of drawing those bits out, combining them with other things on the same topic, and really designing a, a kind of mini learning experience or a mini way to go down a rabbit hole and learn more about something. And we, we create that, and then that can live alongside other stories. So, but that came out of the way we had started approaching the daily brief because we have three versions of the daily brief because we're international. We have an, an Asia edition, a UK and Europe edition, and an America's edition. And so that kind of being able to be modular and mix and match what a different audience will need really has worked very well. We had also started a newsletter for at the very, very beginning of the pandemic, which we thought was going to be a short-lived pop-up email newsletter, and it still exists today, <laughs> sadly. Um, but again, that was a place where information could kind of come out of articles and then appear in one way in that newsletter, appear in a different way in the daily brief, and then also be used in essentials. And so that kind of modular writing and, and way of thinking about all of our ideas as nugs, as well as larger articles is kind of coming back into email. What's a recent example where this has played out? Let's see. Um, yesterday, our forecast email was about the metaverse. And that's something that we've done a couple of stories on. Those pieces um, can get shortened into, um, into nugs for that email. And then others start out in the email and then may get expanded into a bigger piece later. So it can work in both directions. And that's one where I can imagine that those some of those pieces of information getting pulled out and, and broken down and, and becoming an essentials later, which would then appear anytime you were reading about the metaverse or you know one of the companies associated with it on the site. That sounds like a lot of work. How many people do you have working on this? You know, what's funny about it is it does sound like a lot of work and it is a lot of work, but we have a, a fairly small newsroom or it's about 50 journalists in, in the newsroom and we cover a lot of ground. The, our philosophy about how to cover business is that you have to do it in a holistic way. You can't understand what's happening in one place without putting it in a, a global context. You can't understand something that's happening without understanding what happened first. So we're covering a lot uh, across industries and we're covering geographies around the world. So we have to be really selective about what we cover within that, which is why we just focus on what's changing and what's new and what's important. And this really helps us to do that. It helps us to be selective. It also helps us get the most out of everything we're doing. So often reporters are working on things that you know either happen to get an audience or don't, and sometimes because of factors that have you know that are out of your control it's sort of based on what happened on google today and what everybody else published and this is a way to take what's important and make sure that our readers see it when they need to see it and so in a way it it ends up being less work in the long run and you know we're we're building these emails out of work we're already doing whether directly 
or indirectly. It also gets a lot out of the reporters' heads that is their expertise from doing their reporting that may or may not have appeared in articles. And it's a, you know, it's a way to, to get that directly to our readers. Do you have to factor in like siloed knowledge amongst reporters? Are you like putting resources together to sort of share knowledge? If you're, as I understand it, stripping out parts of a really big story and making that go as far as possible, is there some sort of central um, pool of knowledge that you're able to dip in and out of? We organize ourselves around obsessions rather than traditional beats, which are, and the obsessions are by their nature, interdisciplinary and, you know, very kind of future oriented, solutions oriented. And there's almost no obsession that isn't worked on by people from from a variety of different um, subject expertises. So um, an example is the future of capitalism or our because China obsession gets uh, supported by our team in Hong Kong, but also around the world. That helps us sort of have a way of approaching topics which has multiple voices in it. And then beyond that, the emails we have been doing the most lately before this series of member emails were very often contributed to by a number of reporters and editors, sometimes over time as they rolled out around the world. You know, one team would do the Asia edition, then the UK team would add to it before it gets published in the US. And we've been doing, for example, this pop-up email about the Olympics. So many people in the newsroom have been contributing to that. You know, you'll get different people writing a bunch of different nugs. And because of the way the voice works, it just works. These member emails are working differently where they are mostly written by one person. So it's really going deep into one person's expertise that they've been developing over time and and kind of relying on that strand of reporting that they've been doing over time and in the earlier articles they've done. It's not really repurposing anything. It's just using this format as a way to go really deep into a topic without taking up too much of the reader's time and, and in a way that really points to what's important. So sometimes the second reporter will um, contribute to one as well, but most of these are are written expressly for the email by one reporter. So, how, so how do these new emails then sort of uh, align themselves into your existing workflow? What would that change? It's just another format that we're doing. So, we have a schedule for them, and we tap reporters to do them. They sign up for them. They pitch them, and and it's something that they do. And we're still very, we're only in week two, so. So we'll see. Yeah. Everyone pitches in. Is there a newsletter team, a newsletter editor? How does it work? We do have a newsletter team who are fantastic. We also have a membership team. And so some of these emails are being handled in different places, but the membership team is is leading on the two new ones, the, the truly, truly new ones, the forecast and, and how to. Um, and so they edit, they plan, you know, they're looking at it from a distance um, and, and our email team handles the daily brief every day and, and many of our weekly emails, including our obsession email, which just kind of goes super deep down a rabbit hole about one idea and then makes lots of connections. Yeah. Um, so we have those two teams, but in terms of who's writing them, it's, it's everybody in the newsroom. And that's, you know, that's what's valuable about the court's membership is that you have the expertise of all of these people flowing into a very um, distilled 
place. And so it has, I think, the advantages of a Substack email, but you're not just getting one person's point of view. You're getting the points of view from people on four continents and with lots of different expertise. That's a lot of variety, isn't it? How often do you meet to kind of assess performance and, and make general tweaks? We are doing that asynchronously all the time. Um, so, you know, in the beginning of a project like this, it's pretty constant, I would say. And we do a lot of going back to our, our readers and, and asking them what they think, you know, in, in all the ways that you can do that, looking at the data, doing surveys, talking to them individually. What do your members tell you that they really want from emails? What are the, what are the highlights? They really appreciate when what they receive is concise, but with the option to dig deeper. So they want to know that it's based on deep understanding and research and reporting. The tone and the, that kind of friendliness and playfulness, it's one of the things we call quartziness, is, is really important to them. You know, this has been especially valuable over the last year and a half when things have just been so hard. We heard from, from so many people that our coronavirus email was the place that it was very calm. It was, you know, you could read something devastating and then there'd be something in it that was actually funny and it felt like a person who cared about you. There's empathy in it. It feels like a real person talking to you. So that's not something that is limited to email or should be limited to email. And I think the things that Quartz is really good at with email, we're also good at elsewhere. And I mean, these emails are also articles on the site. They are articles in a modular format that we send to people into their inboxes to make it convenient. Um, and then are we out there, you know, filtering what is interesting from elsewhere as well? That's something that people really value. And they value that we do that in a way that is truly global and that that pulls in voices that they don't they don't see elsewhere. So to summarize, email should be carefully curated, have a creative flair, and be concise. Meaningful enough on its own, but worth clicking through to find out more. With these conditions in mind, what metrics best indicate whether they are hitting the mark? For email, the most important thing is, is the first obvious one, which is the open rate. And then beyond that, we look at where they're going from the email, obviously, and, and how long they're spending there. Another really important one for me is loyalty over time. I mean, that's if we are, what we want is a really, really long-term relationship with you. And email is a really good way to, to do that because of that kind of one-to-one -one feeling um, and, and because it's not overwhelming. And so that's, you know, ultimately the most important thing to me with this is, do you open it frequently? That would show me that you find it valuable. And do you stay with us as a reader and as a member over the long term? Sure. So the, so possibly the biggest thing you've learned from overseeing the newsletter strategy here, what would it be? The important thing is to really simplify and focus on what's important to listen to your readers and remember that they are individual people, not an audience, and to let yourself be creative. I mean, I think one of the reasons I read the daily brief before I read anybody else's email is that it's a pleasure to read. And 
life is hard. The news is hard. <laughs> Work is hard. It, you know, if you're if you're going to be understanding these these really important, sometimes difficult, complex things, you might as well enjoy yourself while you're doing it. Let me flip the question slightly here. What sort of things have you tried and it hasn't quite worked? What sort of things have you possibly learned from failing? I mean, I think this is not exactly about the email, but and and it's it's not a failure, but it's about seeing how we could do something differently. So a, a really important part of membership since the beginning has been field guides, which are these really deep dives into subjects that we thought were important. Um, you know, they're not going anywhere. We're still going to do them, but we're going to do them less frequently. What we found with those, they would be on everything from, we did one recently on the psychedelics industry. They might be a new industry like that. They might be something about, you know, going back to the hybrid workplace, um, ESG investing, those kinds of big topics. And when we, when we attacked a really big topic like that, it could be incredibly useful, but you had to plan so far in advance and then in order to create something that was going to last, you had to be general in a way that didn't always serve our reader as, as well. We couldn't be as quick about it. And so they were really hard to do well. And we kept experimenting with the email we sent to our members to tell them about the field guide. And then that almost morphed into what is now the email that we're sending out on Mondays, where we realized it was the email was so good and valuable that you almost didn't need to read the field guide. I mean, obviously you would miss things if you didn't read it, but we realized that for most people, that concise, really readable version was enough. And the the, the really dense version, the long version, I guess not really dense, the really deep dive was really useful to a smaller set of people. So it really did turn into that kind of concise with the option to dive deeper rather than the first option being dive deeper. And I think once you set it up that way and you have the, you know, once you're bringing insights into a really concise form, then you probably create the, the deep dive in a different way than you would if that's the first thing. So that, that has really evolved over time from watching what our readers do. That's a super example. A similar kind of format to email is private messaging platforms, thinking about Telegram and WhatsApp here. Are you thinking about these platforms as well? They're not a million miles off. They just haven't quite got the creative freedom that you sometimes get with an email. We are. Um, I, I, we don't have concrete plans, but, but we're definitely thinking about it. One of the things that Quartz did before my time, and I loved it and was jealous of it when they did, was create a, a news app that was all based on chat. And this was years ago before, before people were mostly getting news in that way. So you would go to the app and you would ask a question and then you would have a conversation with the bot and you would get the news that way. And it was really quirky and fun. You know, it required a little more work from the reader than than just get skimming headlines, which had its pros and cons, but it was it was a really lovely app, and for good reasons. Quartz moved on and put that aside for a while, but it's always in the back of our heads about how to bring that idea back in different ways. So we're thinking about it. One of the places I'm thinking about it is in learning, is whether that's a you know a good way of delivering kind of short form learning experiences as as well as news and short form audio and 
direct messages can work really well together too. So I think there's a ton of cool stuff we could do there. Yeah, there does have the audio functionality. So maybe watch this space perhaps. Yeah. Cool. And and the kind of strategic priorities from here will be what? So continuing to build membership. We, I'm sure there will be more emails in the core of our global membership. We do have something that we're working on, which is a different kind of, of email for membership, which is um, we're going to create a second email and a, a membership around our Quartz Africa edition, which we're really excited about. So that's it's different than these, which are kind of you know trying to serve the whole of our global membership. This is about really going deeper into a, a very loyal and dedicated and specific audience with a specific interest and this specific problem to be solved and, and creating that as an option of membership where you don't even have to have all the rest. That's our next big experiment. Um, and I'm super excited about that. That will be coming later in the fall. And then, you know, I suspect we'll, we'll be doing more with email and the, and the main membership too. You were mentioning audio and watching the space. I think I'm very interested in audio. And I think that audio is really interesting in how it relates to email. I think one of the ways I'm really excited about what Quartz is capable of in audio is because I think the same things that make us good at email should make us really good at audio. It's, again, the kind of feeling that it's one-to-one. Um, and and I think the kind of supporting of curiosity is, is so important to us and, and podcasts are a great place for that. So we are actually working on a podcast that is that is associated with one of our email newsletters inspired by it. And that I'm really excited about, but I can imagine more in the future of, of how audio and email interact with each other. What would you say are the main skills you need to do your job? Listening to people is the most important thing really hiring well. <laughs> so hiring people who are are really smart and who know things that you don't know and who think differently than you do and then listening to them a lot. I think the ability to stand back and think forward, um, you know, to kind of rise above the day-to-day stress and drama and and work and be able to really keep your eye on where you're trying to go is incredibly difficult, especially in a time like we've all been going through and, and is one of the most important things. Good listening skills, recruit well, and think forward about your sort of priorities. Uh, could you give one sort of tip on how to develop those skills? I'm just thinking about hiring because I worked for Harvard Business Review for almost a decade. So management is very important to me. And and I think a lot of people don't do hiring well. So I think I think there are different pieces to that. One is to have a really structured process that that your whole company follows that is designed to make sure that you're getting a truly diverse set of candidates and that you are are getting bias out of the whole system in terms of, of, of how you interview them, how you test them, how you make sure that you are not just picking people who are like you. That is the, the most common mistake is that people hire people. They would like to, you know, go out and get a drink or coffee with who they would have fun working with often who are like them in terms of their background or their personality, or, you know, just the way they, they interact. 
And so I think both creating structures that don't allow for that and also reminding yourself over and over that the whole point is that you're trying to hire people who complement you and each other and, and the whole team. Catherine, this was a lot of fun. It was a real blast. Thank you so much for your time and insights on this podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. Great to speak to Catherine there. And amongst all the things we spoke about, I think the idea of nugs is a really interesting takeaway. This real nugget of information that you can include to bolster your story, either providing a wider perspective or honing in on a specific issue. And that knowledge can be pulled from the expertise in your newsroom, like stories reporters have worked on, or from those looking after the newsletter who know the beat inside out. If you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And all you have to do is search and subscribe to the journalism.co.uk podcast. If you'd like to feature on the show, do get in touch with me. I'm on jacob at journalism.co.uk. But that's all we have time for today. I've been your host, Jacob Granger. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.